0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Jake Podcast. It is Thursday, August twenty-six, something like that, uh, 23rd. It is 1130, a little late night pod because had an earlier fantasy football draft. It was going to be the fantasy football special. And I think my team came out all right. I had a plan going in, quickly diverted from the plan, but we'll get more to that because this week we have a very special guest live with me in studio. In, uh, in my kitchen, is Tommy Scotto, one of the commissioners of Spring League, you know, fantasy football leagues, and not a champion of our league, but maybe soon, because he's been in the playoffs all three times. Tom, welcome to the podcast.
1: Jake, thanks for having me. Yeah. Really excited. Really liking my team.
0: Yeah, I um, you know, like your team every year. You've gone with, like, the big money guys, and that's worked out for you. This year, not really, though.
1: First year, I went with the big money guys, and I think it kind of set a trend. So we do auction, right? Yeah. So it's a little different than Snake. And auction is a little bit – Get closer. Based on emotions, right? So you yeah. kind of screw around with people. Right. You know, Chris Heine likes to do that.
0: Yeah. He but, doesn't know what he's doing, though. He thinks he knows what he's doing. He thinks he has a plan. He has no idea.
1: Well, we'll get to him in a little <laughs> bit. But first year, I went Julio Jones Antonio Brown, number yeah. one, number two. This over, was three overall, years ago. Yeah. Overall, right? Yeah. So it changed the draft strategy for other people. Mm-hmm. This year, I wanted all value, second round, yeah. beginning of third. Mm-hmm. But just like you, it went a little different.
0: Yeah. So you, I like that you said that you kind of set a trend because you did because no one was ever that aggressive in our league. Now we're new to auction. Like uh, that was like the second year we had ever done auction. And the the way you got so aggressive so early because you also got value picks that year. You got Drew Brees really cheap, and he had a good year. You got guys like Jarvis Landry pretty cheap, and, and it just kind of like worked out for you that I was like, shit, you know what? Like we couldn't let those guys fall to Tom, and that happened too because you went out and got two of like the top three fantasy football players that year. So it's funny that that then set a trend, and now you went after value guys. This year it seemed fucking wild, though. Like, it was all over the place. You're like, okay, Melvin Gordon probably in the 40s, and then all of a sudden people are getting desperate, you know? You noticed that in our league this year.
1: Well, running backs is, I think, the narrative of this year, right? Yeah. So a couple years ago it was wide receiver, then it was a mix. Now it's all about running backs. If you don't get those top six guys, you're kind of in trouble because then there's only another three or four that you like in that high price value. Yeah. And then you just want all the value guys. Yeah. But those guys go quick, and you don't want to spend $10, $15 over budget. But that's what everyone was doing for running backs.
0: It's kind of where I was with you on that because I – all right. So I the second pick, uh, and it was LaShawn McCoy, never was a part of my plan. Through all the mock drafts, through all the planning I did, LaShawn McCoy was probably the one guy I looked at the least. So –
1: I had the same thing with uh, Mike Evans.
0: Yeah, and you got him too. I mean,
1: he went way below market value. Yeah, I didn't love him, but I'm like, you can't let him go for $31. So
0: that screwed with my plan, because my whole plan was I want David Johnson. He's going to be awesome this year. But you bid on him. I bid on him. You were
1: all the way up into the 70s. I know,
0: but I couldn't go over 70, because I already had a $30 running back, and I really wanted guys like Odell Beckham. I wanted Josh Gordon, and I, you know, you want to have money to play with because you can't be done through like five players, you know. You want to have guys to, you know, move around with. But didn't get David Johnson, didn't get Todd Gurley, or any of these top running backs, and I was kind of worrying. Fortunately, I'm happy with McCaffrey. I got McCaffrey and McCoy, so I kind of like that combo. And then I got the receivers I wanted to anyway. So my team ended out the way I wanted. I wentz at quarterback, McCaffrey McCoy at running back. And then Gordon, Odell, Beckham, Sammy Watkins, Will Fuller. I, I, I like that core of team. So what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you're you're always going to put a good value team out there. And, you know, I think Josh Gordon is going to be your big
1: what yeah. if. Yeah,
0: I mean, that if he gets suspended or gets, you know, yeah. if anything happens. Yeah, or
1: even if he's good. I, I don't know. He has, Yeah. Bad,
0: you know, but I mean, for me, what I did is I looked for value
1: and it really slipped quick. I didn't even get a top 20 player. Yeah. My best player is the, is Devontae Adams, and he's ranked number 20. Yeah. But then I got another five players in the next 15 picks. Yeah. So I have five players in the top three rounds. So if you're thinking snake draft, mm-hmm. imagine getting five players in the first 36 pick. Yeah. That's what I
0: did. But I don't have a home run hitter. The good thing you do have, though, is you're not snake bitten if a guy gets hurt. You know, Joe Mixon gets hurt. It doesn't really hurt your team a whole lot because he's just as good as your other two running backs. You know, if if Devontae Adams gets hurt, your best player, you've got other wide receivers. You've got Manuel Sanders, you got Mike Evans, and you got Doug Baldwin. And it's like, that's a pretty good wide receiver combo. And that's assuming your top player gets hurt. So, In that regards, I like your strategy of getting a lot of guys in that same value area because you protect yourself. It's what I tell Owen Stewart to do every year and he never fucking listens. He gets a $70 player and that guy gets hurt and he blames his whole season on it. I think he secretly likes that though. He wants the built-in excuse every year.
1: How about the players who like to draft people who they say they hate?
0: Yeah, unbelievable this year. We thought that wouldn't happen, right? Paul said he didn't want two tight ends. What does he do? He goes out and gets Travis Kelsey and Greg Olson and like bids so high on them that no one even wants to fight him. Owen Stewart we just talked about. But the big one. Go go for it. You rip him. He's your best man. I I mean, it's got to be Chris. Chris
1: complained for the entire year about Julio Jones and almost a lot of the year Gronkowski, and yeah. The year before that, maybe, mm-hmm. but he
0: hates these guys. He hates them,
1: and got both of them.
0: You know why he had one good season ever four thousand years ago, right? And he had Julio Jones and Gronk and Eric Decker, and he loves to hold on to the season. The way he talks about it, he was eleven and one, and no one was touching him, and somehow he didn't win it all. He was actually eight and four. Good team, but like, hey, let's let's temper the expectations. Now he goes goes in with the team that brought him there once. He's, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it'll work out for him. Maybe one of those like eight mid-round running backs he got are gonna work for out for him too. I will. I
1: do not like Chris's team, but I'll give him one of the best value uh, plays of the day. Julio
0: Jones for fifty dollars which... That's the thing is he saw Julio Jones. He said he's going cheap. Go get him. I Julio was Jones it, is I was, talented. I was on like, it. I was on at forty-nine, and he took him for fifty. He's a like good pick. It's it's funny because you look at Julio Jones, like, all right, he got, what, like three or four touchdowns last year. If you bump that's that number. Up. That's going yeah, up. Yeah, that's that's going to go up. Let's say it goes to, like, eight touchdowns and he puts up the same numbers. He's going to be a top three wide receiver, and we're going to be laughing at Chris and not anymore. You know, like, he's going to be like, yeah, what I say? It's just – it's so funny because we had been saying all off season, like, you know, oh, first player drafted Julio Jones, $1, and Chris is going to say, take him. He stinks. He's awful. Like, and instead – he comes out of nowhere too. I don't even think Chris was in on the bidding. I think he just jumped in at the end. Is that true? Or was I think he, so. He
1: didn't want me to get Julio Jones for forty nine dollars, which was smart. I yeah, think it was a I, good call. if
0: you got him for forty nine, you probably wouldn't have gone after Mike Evans, and then you probably would have had a very similar team to what you have, and I, like people would have lost. People wouldn't have liked that because they've been like Tom and Julio Jones is a bad combo. I, I like that's something that scares me. So you, I. Go ahead. Did you see any wacky picks that you really like today? So, I mean, you're, you're, you're making this easy for me. So, Pat Miles has a tendency to come in and, and kind of be like a bit of the wild card. He, uh, we, we made fun of him when he drafted Terrell Pryor, and that worked out for him two years ago. But then, you know, the next year he drafts guys that were like, Pat, I don't know if he's on a team right now. This year, he comes out of nowhere and takes Doug Martin... The backup running back in Oakland, who, I mean, if we're talking about a career renaissance, maybe he's coming back this year. But I, I just don't like Oakland the team, so I wouldn't touch him.
1: I liked, I liked, uh, oh yeah. So Michalak, you know, we'll see what happens. But
0: I liked uh, Hunter Henry. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Like I
1: forgot about that one. Chuck
0: Popper. Popper, Popper oh. is Popper is big on the, you know, and this is this is on all on Popper. This is his fault. He didn't bring an updated draft book to the draft tonight. He then lived on my old one because I was like, I have a book. You can use it. But it was from, you know, like April or whatever before Hunter Henry, you know, tore his ACL in his half of the year. Now, the one thing Poppery has is, well, he's a dollar player, you know, whatever. You drop him. But getting a guy who tore his ACL a couple months ago, it's a bad look, Brian. So how about we almost had some brother collusion? yeah. So, it, it, we get that every year with the Engelstads. We always consider them, like, what's going on there? But the Stewart's this year, kind of on the couch, didn't really know what was going on. Sean Stewart, new league member, welcome to the league. He was one of the first teams to finish. Uh, thought he only had four bench spots, so had a little rookie mistake when he bid uh, over the max for his 13th player. and then $14? We had a, he bid $14 on Andrew Luck. Now... I understand if it's your last pick, you use all your money, whatever, but it wasn't his last pick. Just for reference, I think Tom Brady went for $12. I think you're right. I think Tom Brady did go for 12 but he had $14. He wanted to go. When you make your last pick, you use all your money, so I get that, but it wasn't his last pick, and uh, so then we had to give him a dollar back because no one wanted Andrew Luck for 13 either. But there was other brother collusion, almost. Yeah. So the
1: Anglestads. Yeah,
0: the Anglestads were. Which one was that? They had a kicker,
1: right? So Brendan mm-hmm. nominated Dan Bailey, maybe, for a dollar, mm-hmm. and Ryan. Ryan goes two dollars. Yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> like a half second later, I go, no, 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 you bet. That's two dollars. That's your kicker. Now. You know
0: that happened last year, but it happened with a guy that turned out pretty okay. Was uh, Ryan bid two dollars on Zach Ertz, and like. And then and then Bill goes, three dollars. Ah, I don't really want him. And we go, no, you gotta take him. You said it. Turns out Zach Ertz, one of the you know, most valuable players in fantasy last year. If you're going off of three dollar pickup, he was a big time tight end. One of the most run-up players today, too. Oh my and god. It, and Thirty to what, thirty-one? It went all the way to thirty-one and it went in dollar increments too. It was a slow rise to thirty-one. I think that was the longest bid of the night. And and only thirty one. You know, there are guys that went in the seventies, but we jump up there. But this one was a slow draw. We didn't think Pat had enough money. He had no idea how much money he had was when he was bidding. Fortunately he like it was all solved and Owen got I think Owen got Zach Ertz, but bid up to get him and boy was that something because I mean I guess people were paying attention to Bill's team last year. Zach Ertz was a good player, but I mean, you're gonna put like a third of your like I mean he's gonna be your second highest paid player. At he that actually point. he actually went somewhere
1: where he, he was supposed to go. Yeah. But at the time people didn't have a lot of money. There
0: was no money out there. They were just bidding against Zach Jackers. Ertz was forgotten about. Oh yeah. he he's like I know it doesn't matter when you get pulled up in our draft because it, like you can go for big money, but Zach Ertz fell, Amari Cooper fell and uh, it took forever to get Todd Gurley off the board, too. I noticed that. But yeah, he went appropriately priced. But, the, yeah. Dion oh, Lewis fell. Dion Lewis fell, yeah.
1: Emmanuel Sanders fell. Yeah, there were a
0: couple very valuable picks. You got Manny Sanders for, what, like $4, something Six. like that? Six. Great. I mean, look, if that might be your flex at $6. I got Will Fuller. I think Will Fuller for a dollar could end up being a starting flex guy. So, you know, and and – Look, I, I didn't don't love Will Fuller, but I mean I'm, a just dollar, a, I'm just am just a big him. Will Fuller fan, yeah, and I've been you're a big DeAndre Hopkins. Fan. I'm a big DeAndre Hopkins, and I knew I wasn't gonna get him. I, I, I the writing on the wall. Everyone knows my receivers, right? They know I'm Jarvis Landry, Amari Cooper, and DeAndre Hopkins. Those so are Jake, my three receivers. So Jake, in the NFL. What do you, I,
1: I think the best strategy I could tell anyone in in draft, if you've never done it. Just find someone who knows what they're doing and then just bid a dollar more from them.
0: Yeah. That's why I don't nominate my guys anymore. I know that people see this, so I'm like, I never nominate my guys. My first nomination every year is Devontae Freeman because I just I, – I don't want him. I'm like, someone else go get him. Popper, go draft Devontae Freeman. I don't want him. And then Popper gets Devontae Freeman and he drafts Tevin Coleman, of course. Well, Popper's, Popper's, an, Popper's a complainer. Complain Popper's got a weird – how,
1: how did these people let me down? That's <laughs> Heine and Popper Are in that
0: category That's uh, unbelievable But you know what It's going to be A really fun year I'm really excited uh, I, I've got another Mock draft you got another one Coming up what Tomorrow Next day
1: no, I, the Wednesday before the first Thursday night game.
0: So okay. After, oh, wow. After so, like the mid, last. 5th of September. So, like the last day to do well, it. we
1: got to do online because we couldn't get enough guys. You know, I th- yeah. if you're in a 12 man league, you need at least eight guys. We mm-hmm. were kind of flirting with that. So, yeah. we just went to online.
0: We, we luck out because really, most of us are Monmouth County. You know, you you live the farthest away, Um, so it's it, it kind of wasn't really that big of a deal for us to get to do the live draft, which you kind of have to do for auction because if you're doing it online, then you have to do it through ESPN. It's just not fun at all because then it's like you're basically going up against computers. There's no trash talking. I think our fantasy draft is one of the best nights of the year in terms of like you know you play the whole fantasy season. None of it's as fun as the fantasy draft. You know, at least for me.
1: I'll do Brendan in the middle. You All do right. The other
0: so, thing. so to wrap it up, I'm thinking we take a look at the top three teams that we think are, you know, gonna gonna fight with us. You know, like uh, I'm confident on my team. You're confident about your team. So let's leave these guys out of it. What do you think are the three contenders here? And we kind of, I think we agree on it. So number three, I'm looking at Bill Mead's team. What do you think? He's a little top heavy, but. I mean, if his guys can perform, and if he has a flex in Chris Thompson, you're looking at Dalvin Cook, Todd Gurley, and Keenan Allen. That's a really good trio. What do you think? Well, he's, like you said, he's very top-heavy. So if he can get production out of
1: his QB, Salt Rivers, pretty easy spot to fill this year.
0: Rivers to Keenan Allen, I love that
1: combo. And then Jack Doyle's his tight end. Yeah, I think he's going to have to find a tight end,
0: and he's really
1: stretching for a flex right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, who knows? He has Rashad Penny, one of the Seattle running backs. Who knows what that is? Chris Thompson, who knows his role in Washington because they lost their running back. So, who, who no one really knows. DJ Moore, I really like as the Carolina receiver, but I like him as like wide receiver four or five on your team, not exactly like competing for a flex spot. You know, it's just a lot. I know he's a first-round wide receiver, but it is. Um, so so we agree with that one, but then if we go to the, I'm thinking, what is it? Okay, so I'm looking at the seventh column for number two. Because uh, we like Bill's team, a little top-heavy. But if his if he could get it worked out in the middle, he's got a contender for sure. Number seven, or well, number two, sorry, team seven, uh, Brandon Engelstad. Pretty, another another top-heavy team, but David Johnson, Zeke Elliott. Yikes, that is a like fierce combo at running back. He's got a killer one two punch with the the running back. And then I think it's easier
1: to find wide receivers. So he's got Brandon Cooks, Michael Crabtree, Julian Edelman, who comes back from suspension, Randall Cobb.
0: He could be something. And it could be easier to find, you know, Alan Hearns, I guess, is the number one in Dallas. Like, he's just got a bunch of guys that are going to get targets. Michael Crabtree, you're a Crabtree guy. You like him. Um, I, I mean, I think he got Edelman for like $4. That's a. You know, I know he's suspended, but he might be the number one guy when he comes back. Should be the number one guy. I like Kyle Rudolph too. I'm a big Rudolph fan at tight end. I think he paid up for him, but like he can get touchdowns there. Rudolph's constantly a dependable tight end. I think he's safe. I think
1: he's going to get drafted in the spot he
0: should, and he'll probably perform to that. Yeah. So I, I mean, Brendan's been in and out of being a good team, bad team. I feel like it's always been year on year off for him. But I think he's got a good team here, and I definitely see him in the playoffs. So, all right, your number one team. I'm thinking we agree here, uh, which is a bit of a shocker. I know it's a a little strange to be saying this because we constantly shit on this guy for not having a good team. But you know what, I just, I really like Owen Stewart's team this year. I like, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't wanna like jinx it. I don't wanna like get ahead of myself. But I mean, man, I think Owen did the right thing and drafted smart. He didn't do the one thing he always does, right? So if we're looking at column number five, like Owen constantly gets the one player that gets hurt and is going to kill you. But I look at this team, he's got Larry Fitz and AJ Green at wide receiver. Nice combo, like that. Alshon Jeffrey has your flex with uh, Richard Matthews and Robert Woods. Like, okay, like that's pretty good wide receivers. Running backs, Lamar Miller, Devontae Freeman, like, dependable guys. Bilal Power, and Gio Bernardi are backups. And he's got Deshaun Watson. He's got Zach Ertz. That's a really good, balanced team. What do you think?
1: I agree. I was very high Man, He kind of feasted in the late second round, early third round.
0: He was very quiet this this draft. Well, he had
1: a lot of money. Yeah. He didn't get any of the top guys. Mm-hmm. But then he gets Devontae Freeman, A.J. Green, Larry Fitz. I think he got a lot of guys. Lamar Miller. Who have put up points, but nobody finds like a se- you know
0: a sexy pick? They he, he
1: kind of think you got the floor, but we're not really excited about your ceiling.
0: Yeah, he got guys that were used to being good, you know, and like I mean, who's more dependable than Larry Fitzgerald? You know, just when you think okay, Carson Palmer's hurt, uh, David Johnson's hurt, the Cardinals stink, he's not worth starting. It's like no, he's he still puts up a thousand yards. He puts up like eighty-five catches, like six or seven touchdowns, and like should be in your lineup no matter what every week. So hats off to Owen. Did not see that coming. I uh but yeah, I think he's my number one contender for us right now.
1: Yeah, I think we we
0: both agree on that, Jake, that we're both
1: the first or second best team. I think you said you were second most likely. I know you no, may have I, said I that. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I said that. But we would like these guys to finish Third to fifth, it, you know, sounds like a good spot for I,
0: You, I, you know what? I'm always confident on my team because I'm always confident that I'm going to swindle one of these guys in the in this season with a little trade action.
1: You're really good at trading with
0: me, Jake. Oh, we shouldn't bring that up. I do have LaShawn McCoy on my team again, which if we remember a couple years ago, I panicked in week two when everyone was getting hurt, and I said, I've got too many good running backs, which doesn't exist. I don't know why I ever said that. Traded away LaShawn McCoy. I got my boy Jarvis Landry back. He is my boy. But uh, I basically built a championship team for Tom. Now, he didn't take on the hardware. But giving you LaShawn McCoy with that Julio Jones and uh, um, Antonio Brown team. Got me into
1: the finals at least. I appreciate the effort that you donated to my team.
0: Tom, let's just say I won't be helping you out this year. And you'll have to go through me if you want to win.
1: All right, we'll see, Jager.
0: Tom, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I love fantasy to talk with you. I mean, we, you probably, of all my friends, get into it more than anyone else. So I'm sure we'll be revisiting this throughout the season, uh, especially when one of my guys goes down and you love to like stick it to me or something. I'm sure we'll be talking fantasy in the future.
1: Jake, thanks for having me on. I had a good time. Can't wait. Uh, maybe we could do a live trade next time. Ooh, a live podcast. trade
0: on the podcast. That would be good. That would be fun. All right, man, take care. All right. We appreciate for Tom Scotto coming onto the podcast. Uh, a lot of fun doing the draft. I mean, the fantasy football is your thing. We have a lot of fun. I love the auction league. Uh, we do that with my friends. It's a really cool thing to do. Uh, so I suggest if you're not in one, try finding one and getting into it, getting into a lot of fun. I had a plan going in. It was to get David Johnson, Odo Beckham, Josh Gordon, and supplement them with good players. Now, I didn't get the running back of David Johnson. I got Christian McCaffrey, who I also like. But then I also got LaShawn McCoy. So we'll see how this works out. And I will definitely have to keep my listeners and followers abreast of who I get and how I uh, how I do this season. Because, you know, everyone's really excited about my uh, <laughs> my fantasy football team. Not really, but, you know, that's that's the fun part. But i uh, going to make this a quick episode. We'll get to the one-minute movie reviews in a second. But first, I think we need to address the awful elephant in the room, and that is Urban Meyer. So this week, they came down with, this was I think last night actually, uh, Er the decision on Urban Meyer has been passed down, a three-game suspension. He coaches the team during the week, but on game day, he will not be allowed, I think, uh, even on the sideline or anything like that. it's two non-conference games, like Oregon State and someone else, and then Rutgers is their first Big Ten game that he's missing. So call us what you want. I mean, it's it to me, it's, it's a light punishment. I think there are a lot of extremists in this argument right now. A lot of Ohio State fans that are super defensive and really getting after them, um, I think, sound like idiots. But then there are also some people that want him to, like, die. That want him to, like, never be seen from again. And it's like, again, I think he's wrong. I think he should be punished for sure. But, you know, this whole, like, chastising him thing, uh, it's just, I don't know. I I don't know how it's coming off. Uh, It's a tough spot because the punishment's not enough, you know, And, and... especially since his whole reputation is supposed to be this family man and you know, he comes out and I still need to look at all the evidence. I need to see everything. What did he actually know? What did he actually do about it before I really get an opinion on the whole thing? But it just seems to me like it's just not enough. And, uh, and I'm not going to change my opinion on that. I, I just, that's how I feel. So, you know, even after I get to all of it, uh, um, whatever I, whatever it all says, I know I'm just going to believe, hey, this wasn't enough from Urban Meyer, and uh, the punishment should be more. So, sorry. Okay, but I don't want to harp too much on Ohio State. It's a very negative thing. I really don't want to be negative on my podcast. This is a fun podcast, if you haven't heard. So, yeah. This past weekend was also the Jim Tome celebration in Cleveland. He, uh, a couple weeks ago, was into the Hall of Fame. And they finally got to celebrate him in Cleveland, and the Tribe is just getting hot. Uh, they have two MVP candidates and Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. They have multiple Cy Young candidates. I know Trevor Bauer is going to be out for a little bit, but Corey Kluber is there. They're cruising to a 13-game lead in the AL Central. They just split a series in Boston. This team is, is just cruising to playoff at this point. You know, it's it's all about just getting healthy by the time they get there. I haven't really talked much Indians this season. And to be honest, there hasn't just been a whole lot to talk about because they've been running away with the division. They've been taking their time and they really haven't pushed it. So, and they don't need to. So why not? You know, and that's, that's really all I have. I, once the playoffs start, we will definitely speak more on the tribe. Uh, also, and we didn't have a guest to talk hard knocks. This week we went strictly uh, Tom Scotto and fantasy football, but hard knocks has just been absolutely phenomenal. They are highlighting Landry a lot, which I really like, but you're now starting to see like the characters, the coordinators are some fired up guys. This is a fierce, tough environment to be in, you know, with this whole just the whole preseason itself, you know, the the Browns are going from 0-16 quickly to a team that's trying to contend and trying to win, and it's great to see that. Uh, As we saw in the Eagle game tonight and the Bills game, they, you know, did have ups and downs, but their defense is starting to look really good. They have depth in the front seven. They've got depth in the defensive backfield, too, so hopefully Denzel Ward's not injured for very long, but Man, is it is is it just fun or or you know rooting for the Browns right now? I'm really pumped up about them and uh, and Hard Knocks has been great. I'll, I'll make sure to have a guest on next week when we have the you know finale of Hard. I think it's actually the finale next week, so uh, you know have to buckle up for that and uh, get someone good on, which I'm sure will. We've had some great guests this season: Damon Keckman, Jake Burns, Pat McGuire. Gonna have another one on for the last uh, hard knocks because I know this wasn't a very big hard knocks week. Uh, this was more fancy football, and that's great. I hope fancy football is your thing. If not, well, yeah, it happens. Uh, before I let you go, though, we'll do a quick one-minute movie review. We'll do a double up because I didn't give you a whole lot of segments this week. I kept it to a lot of football, but watch two movies this week. Best in Show with My Girlfriend, and Mystery Alaska. A little bit out there. These are older movies. We'll start off with Best in Show. All right. This goes down for me as one of the top 10 comedies ever. It is this quirky Christopher Guest film, Christopher Guest, SNL writer, typically sticks to the same cast. Uh, you, know, you see a lot of Jane Lynch. You see Eugene Levy, Katherine O'Hara, real veterans in the comedy game. And what's great about his films are they follow out around a lot of different people, so no one really has to anchor the whole movie. They just get a scene here and there. And Best in Show is about families that own dogs that compete in these dog shows and how seriously they take it. And it is as funny as you can get. You have uh, you have like the gay couple that has the shih tzus, uh, and and they are hilarious michael mckean is one is one of the guys and i, f- I feel bad because i always forget the other guy he was the lawyer in uh, in arrested development he shows up basically in every movie and I, and I feel bad not knowing his name he was the brother in the breakup anyway they're great you know, parker posey is this like really stressful uh owner of like a great dane that they believe has like mental issues <laughs> Uh, Christopher Guest is in as well as a as a Bloodhound owner and then Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara who have the what eventually is the champion terrier are just the funniest couple he's this really awkward guy she's this like apparently like ex-slut and uh, you keep on running into all of her ex-boyfriends and it's such a funny movie and I suggested it's a 10 out of 10 comedy it no question about it so uh, if you get a chance, if you haven't heard of it, seen it before, be sure to see Best in Show, 10 out of 10 in the Jaker scale. Uh, next up is Mystery Alaska. Changed it up and went sports movie, an underrated sports movie in my book. Uh, a top 10 sports movie. Doesn't get enough credit. It's Russell Crowe, Hank Azaria. You got that girl who's in everything. She's also in Deep Impact, which I should have been reviewing this week, but we won't. We'll review it some other time. And, yeah, a lot of those actors in this movie are like that, oh, you know, that guy from, and you can say Mystery Alaska, because you really don't know where all these guys are from. They kind of just pop up here and there. And uh, it's about this town in northern Alaska that all they do is play hockey, and they have a Saturday game that is, you know, just all the locals, like, you know, the grocer, the bailer, the basically everybody you know the sheriff is is their like captain and it's this league it's kind of like a men's league but at pond hockey nobody beats them so they challenge the new york rangers they kind of gloss over how this all goes down like there's a big article about them in sports illustrated then Hank hank is who was representing them is the guy who got out of the town but wants to give back to the community that I mean, he left that they kind of treat him like shit in the movie, but whatever. And he wants to give back to them, giving them this opportunity. It almost goes away. You know, the Rangers almost back out and they spend all this money on trying to host and, and now they're not ready and Hank area almost screws them over. But they eventually get the Rangers to come to, to Mystery Alaska. They play a game of outdoor, outdoor pond hockey, but they change it a lot. They use boards, they use lines. So it's not really pond hockey. It's, you know, but you have a great match right up to the end. It's such an underrated movie. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds is a coach in it. It's fun. Skank Martin, I don't know who plays him, but he's like a big character. He's in Deep Impact as well. And I, if you haven't seen Mr. Real Asky, you got to check it out. It's, it's a two thumbs up in my book. Really good sports movie. Totally underrated. Love it. Hope you love it as well. So, listen, this was a... I want to make it a quick episode. It's very late on Thursday It's about... It's like 1.45 in the morning now. Really excited about the Browns. Really excited about fantasy football this year. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week to recap. I will be on the Outer Banks vacation with my friends next week. My vacation starts in like... I don't know, like 15 hours from now. So, really pumped up about that. Very excited. Uh, to go back to the Outer Banks my second trip this summer we'll see it's a friend's trip we don't know how this will go this is the first time our friends are doing anything like this so really excited to go back down there and check this all out with my friends as opposed to just doing it with my family like I usually do but uh, excited to go back you will hear from me on vacation and yeah I think that's it for this week thank you all for tuning into the Jake podcast and I will